The day has finally come where Nicholas Harbour is going to be announcing his college commitment. Do the Gamecocks have good reason to feel confident going into this announcement? You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello Gamecock Nation and welcome to this National Signing Day preview of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. I'm your host Andrew Lyon and also the lead staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank you for making Locked On Gamecocks your first listen every day. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. Before we get on into today's show, I do want to let y'all know that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. National Signing Day is officially here, and while it might not mean as much as it used to, the Gamecocks still got a couple of targets remaining or commitments that are going to be making their announcements soon, including probably the biggest fish left in the pond nationally in Nicholas Harper. And to get the latest on what all is going on with this recruitment, I'm pleased to be joined by Locked On's recruiting insider, John Garcia Jr. John, really appreciate having you on the show here today. So let's not waste any time here. Let's get on right into the meat of this story. Nicholas Harper, of course, has been considering multiple schools over the past month or so. South Carolina's been thrown out there. Oregon's been thrown out there. His home state in Maryland. You've got the Michigan Wolverines. Maybe the Miami Hurricanes who've been in contact with him. What is the latest on Nicholas Harbor? It depends when you ask. Uh, and that's that's the beauty of, of a big-time, all-American type of recruitment. However, through all of the dust, it really does feel like this is a South Carolina, Oregon situation. And you understand why, right? It's a bit of a yin-yang. South Carolina, multiple visits, longstanding relationship, understands the culture, feels very much comfortable, uh, proximity to home compared to Oregon. So many factors. And track shouldn't be a, a, an under, underestimated version of those factors relative to some other schools, as Gamecock fans have let me know over the last few weeks. And then Oregon, right, fresh off of his first prospect visit to Eugene. We understand the track and field and, and glitz and glam elements there just in general. And as we talked about before we started recording, this was a heck of a visit. This was a heck of a plan by Dan Lanning, by the track staff, by the administration. Everybody involved in this Oregon official visit did a good job by all indication this red carpet was was very red uh, for Nicholas Harbor, and rightfully so, right? This is the last big fish, as you said, for a lot of schools that are involved. So I'm really tracking this thing as an Oregon-South Carolina or South Carolina-Oregon type of battle. I think over the long haul, the Gamecocks have done as good a job as anybody. And then in the short term, again, that visit, I do think, made a huge impact on Nicholas Harbor and his family. Um, so you can view it as he's a teenager. They got the last visit. So watch out for the ducks or conversely, you could say, Hey, South Carolina has been doing this for the longer period of time, multiple visits, the true like atmosphere 
of Colombia has has been you know ingested by not only Nicholas but his family in a very important calculated multi-layered decision. So I think because of that, as more time goes on and we get closer to National Signing Day, kids get that they get that kind of clarity. They get that moment to to say, okay, this is what I want to do. You know, the visit high is starting to wear off now. We're into Tuesday, and I do think that's probably good news for South Carolina, but it's very close. And it's it's not to discount those other schools that you mentioned as well, right? Miami, there's still like a little bit of confidence down in Coral Gables, even though he's never taken a recruiting visit, uh, which is fascinating. They've pulled off some shockers. This would be the biggest shocker uh, in the Mario Cristobal era. Michigan has hosted him and has felt good about their combination of football and academics and what they can build uh, going forward. And then Maryland's the hometown school, as you've mentioned. Mike Loxley has pulled off some of these big big wins locally uh, as well. But even through that, it still feels like this is a very much South Carolina and Oregon situation to the point where you should be a little surprised if he ends up anywhere else. And, and I think the fact that he is, in fact, coming off the board Wednesday is good for South Carolina and Oregon most in particular because there was talk last month, uh, early in the new year, hey, maybe he pushes it, right? Maybe, look, this is a pro, this guy could be a pro track athlete very soon. It's a different layer of recruitment that that most kids don't deal with. Maybe he waits because he can, right? He is a five-star. He's going to have that green light from every school, no matter when he wants to jump in. If he pushes it, it helps Michigan because there's some Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh rumors. It helps Maryland to stabilize that local pitch. It helps Miami maybe get him on campus for the first time. But if if he does pop on February 1st, this is huge news for South Carolina and Oregon, and he has since confirmed, yes, he is officially coming off the board Wednesday. I think it's even a sponsored event from Champ Sports that I saw at this point. So there is no doubt that Harbor's coming off the board and it will be a spectacle. Uh, so I do think that's great news, uh, especially if you start to think about videos and all the multimedia that goes into it. I'd feel even better from a South Carolina perspective. So this one's close. But, yeah, it's it may be 51-49 USC at this point. But it could shift. It could change. But right now you got to feel pretty good if, if you're a fan of Shane Beamer's program. It's certainly one of the most unique recruitments that probably all of us have seen in quite some time, considering all the different components with Nicholas Harvest recruitment. That's sort of the next question I want to get into, John, is, uh, you know, you talk about how this is a kid that's going to both play football and run track at the collegiate level, maybe, you know, wants to be an Olympian one day in track and field. Obviously, NIL is going to play a part in this. Relationships more than likely has played a part. And then you mentioned the academics. Which factor would you say Harbor and his camp have valued the most from the outside looking in throughout this entire process? I I think track has always been that X factor for him. So we started to profile how we tracked the recruitment, no pun intended, in that light. Hey, who offers the best kind of combination of football and track? But but as, as we've gotten closer to signing day, I think it's everything. I think NIL is just as important. I think academics are just as important. I mean, this kid wants to be an Olympian and a surgeon. I mean, this is an ambitious recruit, uh, maybe the most ambitious I've ever covered. And he's got the personality and kind of gravitas to go along with it and kind of deal with all that comes with so much ambition. So I used to think this was, hey, football track, combine the two, who's going to win out. But now every single element feels almost equally weighed. 
when 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 your camp is admitting nil is a big part of it this early before a decision you know i do think that can shake things up especially look you're talking sec schools you're talking oregon hello i mean this is this thing could change very quickly um so i do think that it's hard to put one facet of it over the other although again i used to put track as as maybe the most important but now i think it could be a combination of nil and academics it's that wide open it's that deep and, and layered. Um, but I do think he's going to pick a school that he's visited. No disrespect to Miami, even though NIL and track and all that might be great. I, I do think he's going to end up at a school that he's visited as a recruit. So um, this one is it, it's just close, Andrew. I mean, I don't I don't want to paint it, uh, you know, garnet and black because I'm on this pod, just like I wouldn't paint it you know, green and gold or green and yellow. If they're going to yell at me for that one uh, on the Oregon pod. It's just that close um there's confidence in both camps i think the most confidence is in south carolina and oregon uh, collectively i think they have the most confidence from a coaching staff and a sourcing perspective which tells you that it might not even be decided you know as we record this nick himself might still be like well dang do i want to stay on the east coast or do i want to go all the way across the country he might still be figuring out the the very you know final analysis here so it's really hard to identify one of those elements being the most important. I think those four collectively have each had kind of their moments in this, this longstanding recruitment. It happened with Carmani McClain in the early nationally in the early national signing day period. You know, these things can of course fluctuate at any point in the final 24 hours. You know that these coaching staffs are trying to stay in contact as much as they can to sort of deliver those final pitches to Nicholas Harbor and his camp. So because Nicholas Harper is going to do both track and football at the next level, what could that mean for his football career specifically? We're going to dive into that in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. But I want to let y'all know that today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. The Super Bowl is officially here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On in FanDuel because they are the number one sports book in America. They have so many great features that make betting on sports both fun and easy. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Welcome back to this National Signing Day edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast where we cover your team every single day. Locked On is heading to the Senior Bowl. Get inside analysis from the hosts that cover the NFL's next generation in college and find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing all in one location. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft for nightly live shows from the Senior Bowl on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 p.m., Eastern Standard Time. Continuing our conversation here with Locked On's recruiting insider and John Garcia Jr. So, 
John, we talked about where Nicholas Harbor may or may not end up. It sounds like that every contender honestly has an ace in the hole at this point. But again, the track aspect makes this recruitment so much unique compared to recruitments in years past. So because Nicholas wants to do both track and football at the next level, how do you sort of see his football career sort of playing out? You know, do you think he's going to stick at tight end mainly? Do you think the teams are still going to try to play him a little bit at edge rusher? What does his skill set fit? How could his transition go over to that tight end position on offense? Yeah, look, you know this is an important recruit and an interesting one. We we talk so much about him before getting into his game. But, yeah, there's a reason why all these coaches in multiple sports are clamoring for Nicholas Harbor. Look, at, at the Under Armour check-in last month, he told me he was 6'5", 233 at last check, still able to run ridiculous times right six six four in the 60 he's run 10 two in the 100 we, we, we've seen these ridiculous marks really for the last couple of years and because of that he also told us hey if i have my choice i would probably stay on offense because i can probably stay at the 230 range go 225 or so and catch the football but if i go to defense and play edge these teams are going to want to bulk me up just a little bit more, and that can conversely hurt me on the track. But he also didn't rule out playing both sides of the ball at the next level. Again, we told you he's got the personality to go along with all of this ambition. So I'm not so sure. You know, I think a lot of programs, because of, of that being a public conversation, a lot of programs are saying, hey, come in and play offense first and we'll see what happens. And I think that's the right approach to get a Nicholas Harbor, but once he's there and you see that raw torque and acceleration, a lot of folks are going to want to flip him over to the defensive side. So maybe it's a, it becomes an experiment. Uh, maybe it's a long-term deal where you're just trying to convince him for two or three years, hey, come play defense, even though you can go develop offensively. It will be fascinating. And here's the thing. He's kind of raw on both fronts. He's, he's not very polished as a pass catcher. Uh, he fights the ball a little bit. He plays on a bit of a higher plane for a 6'5 guy. Uh, he's not a sophisticated route runner, although it has progressed as a senior. And then defensively, look, relied on a lot of that twitch and athleticism to go hunt the quarterback. It, it's not There's not a lot of developed pass rushing tools uh, and plans when he goes in and attacks an offensive tackle's outside shoulder. So I do think on either side of the ball, there's going to be some – some time here between now and when he makes that impact we all eventually expect him to make so it's going to be fascinating on either side of the ball he's saying he prefers offense to preserve a bit of a trim frame relative to track but my goodness that frame and that upside on defense would have a lot of folks clamoring even more so if he bought into that side so if nil is that important and money becomes a thing uh, as a college player, you might be inclined to play a little bit more defense. So I could really see it going either way, but he envisions himself mostly on the football field as kind of a hybrid receiver tight end. I think Kyle Pitts is kind of the role, the vision he has for himself. That kind of, I look like a tight end, but I move like a wide receiver kind of feel. I think that is where he sees himself. And, you know, for the record, watching both guys as seniors in high school, I think Nicholas is a little bit more filled out than Kyle was as a senior in high school. So that ceiling uh, could potentially be there, even though he could carry a couple more pounds. Uh, so fascinating on either front, um, but no school's going to say, 
hey, if you're not willing to play this position, you can't come here. You, you bring in that talent and you figure it out later. That's just the way it's got to be. Right. And you talk about the Kyle Pitts comparison. I think that uh, no matter who gets Nicholas at the end of the day, if he's going to end up being, you know, maybe as good as Kyle Pitts, if he does end up developing at that tight end spot, I think any team will be okay with that considering how good Kyle Pitts was at the collegiate level playing for those Florida Gators. Now, another part about Nicholas Harbor's recruitment, John, has been sort of the pitch that not just the coaching staff from South Carolina has been giving him, but also recruits, guys that just enrolled, current players on the football team. Spencer Rattler even posted a message to him earlier today on Twitter saying, come on home, you know, basically, you know the move, you know, all those cliche statements there. But the thing is, it doesn't feel like it's a cliche thing with South Carolina. We've seen this really start to become a trend recently in the 2023 class and the 2024 class with any national level prospect. So my question to you is this, do you think that South Carolina's recruiting culture is starting to become maybe an elite one, maybe even an outlier with how much these guys recruit each other, more so it seems like than almost the coaches do? That's a great point, Andrew. Look, there's no rules against players recruiting future players or potential future players, right? So, yeah, um, these coaches are all for it, and obviously the players have bought into it. That's so That's so undervalued and talked about in our industry, how important would it be for you to hear from somebody who's literally living out what you think you might at a given school? I mean, you've been, you've gone through two a days, you've 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 gone through the workouts, the game planning, the game days, all all elements of being a big time college football player. These players currently have. Why would you not pick their brain from a recruiting standpoint? Again, we talked about uh, the ambition here from Harbor. He's very calculated, so why wouldn't he rely? on some of the information coming from the current rosters at, at any of these schools. Um, but there's no doubt on top of that, this South Carolina momentum is pretty tangible at this point. Um, we all know it started right there at the end of the regular season with, with a couple of huge uh, upsets of, of teams sporting orange, and it really hasn't slowed down since. We've seen it in 23 with the first signing day finish. We saw it in 24 with this early commitment group that's being put together by by Shane Beamer and company I mean Spencer Rattler's involved Dante Reno the 24 QB has definitely been involved and the fans I think are important elements here too um I think Nicholas has talked about the fans in particular and how that is something that has has kind of weighed on him to some degree um which again it kind of makes sense right you peel back the layers and you think of that NIL layer well, what increases your market? Uh, the more eyeballs you have on you. And if you've already got a built-in group, you, you've got that much higher of a ceiling. So I do think this is real momentum for South Carolina. It feels like a pivotal point, maybe a turning point in this program's history. And, and, and it's already tangibly been that from a talent acquisition standpoint. So if that continues and, and really apexes, I would say, with, with Nicholas Harbor on signing day, then you now have to view South Carolina on a new tier, frankly. You know, no disrespect, but from 30,000 feet up, there's certain tiers in how we view recruits and, and when they get certain offers and certain schools start to push, right? When Georgia starts to push and Bama starts to push and Ohio State, that A-plus tier, now South Carolina can start to inch closer to that when you start winning these kind of battles because this is not an instator. This is not a legacy. This is not somebody who really – 
on the surface had any true reason to visit other than interest. And you, you go out and get the most visits and win the recruitment nationally in multiple sports on signing day. That's the kind of thing that can change perception and perception changes recruiting. That's all done verifiable at this point. So this is a huge moment and opportunity for South Carolina, just as much as it is potentially a, a great player to add to the football and track rosters. At South Carolina, you can come here and be different than guys that have gone to a team like Michigan, that have gone to teams like Miami and Oregon. And while that pitch might sound like it's degrading the Gamecocks, it admittedly, for the most part, is a true one. And that's one that Shane Beamer and the staff can definitely deliver to Nicholas Harper getting down into the final hours. Nicholas Harper will be announcing his commitment as of this current moment on Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m., Eastern Standard Time, and I believe that that will be live on ESPN for those of you who are interested in tuning in when he makes his final call. He is Locked On's resident recruiting insider, John Garcia. John, thank you so much for coming on to today's show to provide us your insight on the latest with Nicholas Harper. Thanks for having me. All right, so that is the latest on the Nicholas Harbor front with our resident recruiting insider, John Garcia Jr. Once again, really appreciate all the time and insight that he gave us on today's show but Nicholas Harper is not the only player that is going to be making a final decision later on today. As South Carolina football commits, Xavion Hardy has a unique decision that he is going to be making. And he may have already hinted at what he is going to do just yesterday evening. What is it that he hinted? We're going to dive into that in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. Now, if you're looking for a delicious treat, but maybe you don't want all the fat and calories that are involved, you've got to try Built Bar because they're the protein bar that can help you accomplish all of your new goals this year. They aren't just healthy for you. They're also extremely enjoyable. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in a multitude of different flavors. These bars are only 130 calories and include just 4 grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And right now, you can get these bars at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. If you go to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a four-bar box that includes cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. At Sam's Club, you can grab a 13-bar box that includes brownie batter and churro. I promise you, you're going to thank me later because Built Bar is where tasty is the new healthy. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast where we cover your team every single day, again, in just 30 minutes. Xavion Hardy is going to be announcing his final college decision at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So by the time that you have listened or watched today's show, he very well may have already made his final call. However, Xavion Hardy did give a pretty substantial hint to Gamecock Nation as to what his future plans are going to involve. As he posted the following message to Twitter last night. For those of you listening on an audio podcast app, I'll be sure to read this out loud to all of you. Gamecock Nation, I appreciate all the love and support you guys have been showing since the day I got offered. You know we still locked in. But unfortunately, I ran into some academic trouble for my earlier years of high school, and it caught up with me. But that being said, I have to attend JUCO, 
I will return December 2024, Game Cognition, all love. So, basically, based on this message, it pretty much seems like a done deal that Xavier Hardy will not be a part of the 2023 recruiting class for South Carolina, and he will indeed be attending a junior college. Now, of course, you never know how things could change with this kind of recruitment. Xavion Hardy very well could be saying right now that, you know, he's still going to stick with South Carolina. But what if everything works out really well for him wherever he goes to junior college? What if he blows up in the junior college ranks? He gets a lot of attention from some major Power 5 football programs. That very well could happen for him, especially since it will have been a few years since these quote-unquote academic issues that he brought up in the aforementioned message. Now, when looking at the 2025 recruiting class up to this point and which targets the Gamecocks have currently on their board for the interior defensive line, the only other two real big targets here at the moment are Elijah Griffin and Amar Adams, who are both projected to be national-level prospects and both have shown quite a bit of early interest in Shane Beamer and South Carolina's football program, as Elijah Griffin has visited Columbia three times, while Adams has visited Columbia six times already. Adams also happens to be a Lake City native, which is not too far away from the heart of South Carolina. And when looking at South Carolina's current roster, they're going to be a couple D linemen down by the time the 2025 recruiting cycle comes to a conclusion. Because at this point, Tonka Hemingway will be gone. Nick Barrett will be gone. Boogie Huntley could potentially be gone because he will still have a COVID year at this point that he could use if he wants it. And TJ Sanders would also potentially be gone because I think he's got potential to go on to the NFL and play for multiple years. But if he's still at South Carolina at this point, he would only have two years of eligibility remaining. So the point being, South Carolina is going to need to get a couple more defensive linemen in the fold over the next year or two. And again, we don't know for sure if the Gamecocks are going to land, of course, Elijah Griffin or Amar Adams at this point. So to have Xavion Hardy now as an option for the 2025 class, albeit is a path that maybe you do not want this to take, but it is still a positive that he will be able to come back around for this Gamecock coaching staff later down the road. But with that being said, y'all, that's going to do it for today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. As always, what are your thoughts on the Nicholas Harvard recruitment getting down into the final hours leading into his announcement? Do you feel confident that the Gamecocks are going to land a superstar athlete out of the Washington, D.C. area? What do you make of all the recent recruiting momentum that the Gamecocks have built for the 2024 class and beyond? And what do you think about Xavion Hardy now being a part of the 2025 class as a junior college prospect? Let me know all of your thoughts, as always, down below in the comments section if you're watching today's show on YouTube. Or you can shoot me a direct message at a line underscore SC on Twitter, and I'll try to respond to your message as quickly as I see it. And once again, I thank y'all so much for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen here today. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball, where you'll find everything you need to know about college basketball in just one place. Plus, you'll hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts 
daily. But once again, y'all, that does it for me on this National Signing Day preview edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. Thank you once again for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I will catch y'all on the next show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast.